0: Welcome to On Attachment, a place to learn about how attachment shapes the way we experience dating, love, and relationships. I'm your host, relationship coach and attachment expert, Stephanie Rigg, and I'm really glad you're here. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of On Attachment. In today's episode, I'm going to be offering five reasons why you might be attracted to unavailable people. So this is something that I hear all the time, that I see all the time in students and clients is this pattern of continually winding up in relationships or other connections with people who are unavailable in some way, shape or form, who are unable to meet our needs, who are unable or unwilling to show up in the way that we truly desire. And yet, we find ourselves pushing and pursuing and, you know, continuing to linger in these dynamics, even though they're sort of patently not working. So I'm hoping that in shedding light on some of the reasons why you might be attracted to unavailable people, you can start to bring greater awareness and thereby Enliven the possibility of choice. As I always say, you know, awareness facilitates choice. In the absence of awareness as to what's going on under the hood, we are limited in our ability to choose something different. Before I dive into that, I just wanted to let you know that I am holding another masterclass in a couple of weeks called Better Boundaries, which is all about, wait for it, how to set better boundaries in your life. So, boundaries are one of those things, you know, if you're familiar with my work, you know that it's sort of all roads lead back to boundaries. There are so many aspects of our lives that are adversely impacted by boundarylessness uh, or by poor boundaries. And it is really one of those. You know, skills based things, one of those paradigm shifts that can radically transform your life, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with romantic partners, but also work and family and everything. The ripple effects of upgrading your boundaries are seen far and wide in your life. So, this was another one that's by popular demand. And so, I'm going to be holding that in a couple of weeks' time. And you can sign up in the show notes if that's something that sounds interesting to you. The other quick announcement is just sharing this week's review of the week, which says, I found a post on Instagram that really stuck with me. So I sought out the podcast. I'm so glad I did. The host is super informative and I learned so much in the 20 minute episodes. She really provided clear, actionable steps, cutting through to the heart of the matter. Thank you for your great content. We'll be a regular listener. Thank you so much for that review. If that was your review, send me a message on Instagram or... Shoot me an email and I will send you a small gift as a way to say thank you for taking the time. Okay, so let's dive into five reasons that you might be attracted to unavailable people. The first one here is that they mirror back to you the way that you feel about yourself. So you might have heard me speak about this in the context of anxious avoidant relationships. Why would we seek out someone who on the surface isn't really what we're looking for? And what is often the case is that while at a surface level, it's like I'm I'm seeking out this person who keeps rejecting me or pulling away or treating me poorly or dismissing me or emotionally abandoning me, uh, which is the opposite of what I want or what I think I want. But the reality is that oftentimes when we keep repeating that pattern, it's because we actually, have these core beliefs of, I am not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not deserving of secure, healthy love. That's not available to me. Uh, There's something wrong with me. People always leave me. Uh, All of these things, right? If we're holding those beliefs about ourselves, then dating someone who reflects that back at us and reinforces those core beliefs that actually makes a lot of sense, right? Because that keeps our worldview intact. And, you know, the the reality is that we're all very good at creating situations, circumstances that reinforce our view of the world. Even if that view of the world is not, you know, healthy or adaptive, it's not in line with what we think we want. The reality is familiarity is very attractive and magnetic. And so if someone is treating us in a way that aligns with how we feel about ourselves, then that can sort of become very attractive or at least familiar. So if you notice that, and that sort of rings true for you, that really points to the fact that your work is in upgrading those beliefs about yourself. Because the thing is, if you keep playing out that pattern, if you keep reenacting that dance of, seeking out people who treat you poorly, who, you know, reinforce those low self-worth stories, uh, who are emotionally dismissive of you, who invalidate you, who make you second guess your judgment, uh, then that's just going to etch in those old pathways even more deeply into your being. So it's so important to start building up the new wiring, so to speak, building up new pathways that allow you to experience something differently rather than reinforcing the old ones by playing out the pattern over and over again. So really important to audit your core beliefs about yourself. You need to rewrite those beliefs from the inside out because otherwise you're just going to keep winding up with people and in relationships uh, that reinforce the way you feel about yourself. Okay, so the next one here is something about unavailable people might remind you of your family of origin. So, you know, there's been a lot of research and and theory to suggest that we tend to seek out partners who resemble the dynamics that were in our family of origin. So, for example, if you had a parent who was emotionally unavailable in some way or who was inconsistent, who was only there for you some of the time if you never really knew that you could rely on them. And, you know, as a sidebar, this is sort of the whole premise of attachment theory, right, is that we are shaped by our earliest relationships in terms of the kinds of attachment bonds and behaviours and fears uh, that we Develop and then, you know, carry later into life. So if there was something in your family system where you didn't feel secure with a caregiver or some other significant figure early in life, then you may be drawn to unavailable people on account of them feeling familiar. If we have this story of, you know, love looks like someone who's approval I need to earn or who I have to work hard to get the attention of, or I have to prove my worth to them. If that's our blueprint for what love looks like from, you know, our earliest memories of love. And even, you know, a lot of these things exist from before we have conscious memory and conscious recollection, then there can be something very attractive and magnetic in that familiarity, in that blueprint. So again, this is one of those areas where we need to shed light on that and really get curious around what's going on there and start to connect the dots, not with a view to you know recasting all of our memories of our family system as as negative or adverse, uh, but just getting curious around the ways in which that might have shaped and impacted us, particularly when it comes to relationships, because there is a lot to suggest that those early, relational dynamics can be extremely formative uh, and enduring when it comes to the way we experience relationships as adults. So reflecting on was there someone or multiple people in my family system that felt unavailable in some way that I couldn't reach them, uh, whether that's because they had walls up or they were sort of emotionally closed off or whether I didn't feel unconditionally loved by them, whether I felt that I needed to earn their approval. All of those sorts of things can certainly feed into these dynamics of being attracted to unavailable people later on. Okay. The third one is that you have difficulty receiving and being cared for. So this one is, you know, it's sort of ironic for all the talk among anxiously attached people of just wanting to be loved and wanting someone to you know, be with and, and being so like relationship-focused, romance-focused, the reality is for a lot of anxiously attached people are actually very, very bad at receiving care and support and love because they're so accustomed to being in the giving role, uh, to orbiting around someone else, uh, to always thinking about someone else and prioritizing someone else and you know, tending to someone else's needs. So if the shoe were on the other foot and suddenly there was this very available person who was trying to support, care for, give love uh, to an anxiously attached person, oftentimes, you know, anxiously attached people will sort of not know what to do with that. And find it quite disorienting and uncomfortable uh, because they're so accustomed to putting a bit of a, a shell of low maintenance around themselves in favor of caring for another. So in that way, an unavailable person sort of, again, keeps the system intact because your system is formed on focusing on the other person all the time and you know not being the one who gets supported, gets cared for, whose emotional needs are catered to. That can, you know, that can all sort of make sense. And again, there's a theme here, right? In each of these, it's like, oh, as much as it's not what I say I want, it keeps my system intact. It accords with the status quo of what I'm accustomed to. And so in that way, there is this thread of homeostasis almost right it it keeps the system in balance even if that balance is not what we say we want at a conscious level okay the next one is that your nervous system is tuned to expect intensity and chaos so for a lot of people again in those more insecure attachment styles and particularly where there's more anxiety in the mix you're so accustomed to the roller coaster of you know being on high alert being hypervigilant big rush of validation when someone pays attention to you and then you know this overthinking overdrive hyperactivity when you're in fear and anxiety because someone's suddenly unavailable right your nervous system is so so tuned to expect the roller coaster ride that you can become almost addicted to that rush to the thrill of the chase and again it, it sort of goes back to that idea of like if that's what my blueprint for love looks and feels like then that's what i'm going to keep seeking so a really big piece of you know becoming more secure and you know recalibrating who you're attracted to Is allowing your system to sort of settle a bit, right? And, and to be comfortable with stability and consistency and safety and calm and not constantly be seeking these almost sugar hits of spikes of attention or validation or, you know, do they love me? Do they not love me? Oh, they texted me and now they've gone away for two weeks. What does it mean? What can I do? And just this constant kind of adrenaline energy that you've come to associate with relationships and love. Unfortunately, you know I think that that's probably been reinforced by a lot of pop culture A lot of what we've learned around relationships is that it is this fairy tale thing and it's all very high intensity and dramatic uh, the reality is that's that's not the case uh, if you're really wanting to build a healthy secure relationship. You're going to have to rewire your system to be more comfortable at sort of a, a calm, stable baseline because that's really what's going to be conducive to a healthy partnership. Um, not the roller coaster ride, and not the you know crazy highs and very low lows that you might be accustomed to. Okay. The last one here is that you have a savior complex and you want to be the one to change them. So you may have heard me speak about this before. It's a very common trope, again, particularly among those with an anxious attachment style. But it's this thing of like, oh, the unavailable person uh, if only I could be the one to get through to them. If I can make this person who's so unavailable, maybe they've had a string of failed relationships, maybe they're, you know, a real Casanova and they jump from from one partner to another or whatever. But if I could be the one to convert this unavailable person to an available person, right? To To sort of whip them into shape almost to like convert them to a relationship person who, and then, you know, make them fall in love with me, make them want to get married and have babies and, you know, live in a a nice little house with a picket fence, then that would be the ultimate triumph. And I could prove to myself that I really am worthy and lovable. So when we have that kind of blueprint or that operating system, we can really seek out people who are essentially a project, right, who are not ready and available and willing and able, who don't have capacity to really be in relationship with us, uh, we seek them out anyway and we persist in the the dynamic even though it's not working because there's always this sense of potential. There's always a horizon that we're working towards. And I think unfortunately that leads us to stick around in unhealthy relationships it it leads us to make excuses for the way things are in the present because we're always there's just this carrot dangling of what could be and we make it our project and then lo and behold we're unable to change someone and those stories of low self-worth you know a failure of not being good enough are once again sent around and reinforced. So that can very much be at play. If you notice you're always attracted to someone who is unavailable, whether you know that's because they have a fear of commitment or whether they've got some real pain or they've got other mental health struggles or any number of things that makes them unable to show up, that sort of Removes their capacity to be the kind of partner that you are seeking, uh, then that can be a thing, right? That can be this savior complex that's at play. And, you know, it is important to name that and to notice it because the savior complex, as much as it seems about the other person, it's actually very much about you. You know, as I've said, it is ultimately a matter of you wanting to prove your own worth by making someone change, by being able to inspire them to change. Uh, But it is actually ultimately about you because of, you know, what you would make that mean about yourself if you were or were not able to accomplish that. Okay, so that was five reasons why you might be attracted to unavailable people. Just to recap those, the first one was that they mirror back to you your core beliefs about yourself. So if you've got low self-worth, if you think you're unlovable, uh, if you think you're unworthy of you know, someone showing up for you, unworthy of support, they can really mirror that back to you. Uh, the second one was that something about them might remind you of your family system. So if you had some level of unavailability whether that's sort of physically or or emotionally unavailable in a caregiver, uh, then you can really associate that with love and attachment. The third one was that you might have difficulty receiving and being cared for, so you feel more comfortable with someone for whom, you know, you really have to work for it and you get to orbit around them rather than, you know, having healthy reciprocity and balance. The fourth one was that your nervous system is tuned to expect intensity and chaos, and you're really addicted to that roller coaster ride and those highs and lows of chasing an unavailable person. And the last one was that you have a savior complex and you want to be the one to make them available. So I hope that that's been helpful. And you know, if you've enjoyed this episode, I would be so appreciative if you could leave a review and a five star rating. It really does help so much. And. Again, if you'd like to come along to the Better Boundaries Workshop, head to the show notes and you can sign up there. So hope to see you there. Otherwise, thanks so much for joining me and I will see you again next week. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining me for this episode of On Attachment. If you want to go deeper on all things attachment, love and relationships, you can find me on Instagram at stephanie rig or at stephanierig.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a review and a five-star rating. It really does help so much. Thanks again for being here and I hope to see you again soon.